0: Welcome to Ukulele is New Black. I'm Meredith Harper and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play Musicians are so cool And I wanted to be cool but I found Last year I released an episode featuring my friend Jeff Skellums, who is a very talented player of ukulele and guitar and he was feeling a bit frustrated by his progress learning Hawaiian slack key, among other things. He did get some lessons after that episode was recorded and they did help him but this year that frustration was coming back in a big way I could tell, he wasn't a happy boy. But then in June, Jeff went to a week-long workshop in Hawaii and that just totally turned things around for him. The excitement I got from him was so infectious. I thought I'm going to have to get him back on the show to tell me and you all about it. Cause it's the new black. I don't think I need to do the ukulele player introduce yourself this time. You've done that before. So, Jeff, you are my first repeat guest. Woo hoo! Hooray! Hooray. <laughs> I think can we just. Maybe go back to when... So that episode we did, it would have been... August. August. We
1: recorded in August that aired in September.
0: Okay. So I was going to say almost a year. I was correct, because it's now July. <laughs> yeah, it's getting okay. close. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So then you you were not overly positive about things. Well, not so much you weren't positive, but you were having some issues with learning what you wanted yes. to learn. Yes.
1: I'd gotten stuck and I'd gotten blocked and getting frustrated with the way it was working. But, um, yeah, it's kind of got worse and worse as the years went on, or sort of up till about April this year. And I just, well, so that's it. You just go back in the case. I'm going back to guitar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember you said that to me. Um, and I thought, oh, no, you can't do that. It can't just go back to guitar. But since that episode, so, but you have done things, so I know you did get some lessons...
1: I got guitar lessons last year. Yeah. Um, from uh, Dave O'Neill, and that was that was pretty good.
0: Yeah, because at the time you said it was it was helpful.
1: Yep. Um, so that helped, and then I joined a website called Tony's Acoustic Challenge. It's a guy out of uh, Bozeman, Montana, in the US, a guy called Tony Policastro. and it's very much a guitar uh, thing, but it's he's got a community, and five days a week he has a new exercise to practice on. That's a lot. Um, so Mondays it's a uh, Mondays is a warm up exercise. Tuesdays is a lick. Wednesdays is a scale and improv improvisation practice. Thursdays is a chord progression tune, and Fridays is usually um, chords in a key.
0: Right.
1: Like I was practicing Fridays a minute ago, and it was the B major. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's been pretty good. So it's very blues and bluegrass. Which um, is which not. Are two genres your thing. I really don't like.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you've mentioned that before. <laughs> so I
1: ummed an ah as to whether I joined this or not for uh, probably a month before I went ahead and, and joined the site. And it's it's been good. Um, I've learned some stuff, and my, I think my, my playing's gotten a little bit more fluid as a result, which is kind of cool. Um, so that, that's been good. But the big thing. Um, and the reason why you're actually talking to me today, I guess, is yeah, in June I went to Hawaii um, to um, the first week we were there. I went to George Kahumoko's Slack Key Guitar and Ukulele Workshop. Um, and it's basically a seven day um, music workshop. So you get lessons, you know, th- four or five lessons a day. Uh, That's a lot. And there's a Kanakapila uh, in the evening if you're that way inclined. Um, and it was brilliant. It was so good. Um, The weird thing is I played very little slack key during the week, even though I was there to learn slack key. Um, But just soaking up the atmosphere and the knowledge that I got gave me, it's cleared the path forward for me now. So I now know where I'm going. I now know what I've got to practice and what steps I've got to take. So it's like, yeah, I've got a long way to go, but I know where I'm going now. Yeah, that was so good. And that was the best thing. But this workshop, oh... It was amazing so.
0: <laughs> now I, I and the reason that's what reason of course I asked you to have this chat is because and before you went there, especially after um, after Gang Gang Twang, yeah. um, you you know, you had a, a bit of a, a moment when you did that performance, and we all have those moments, but uh, I think you took it harder than most. Yeah. Was, <laughs> you weren't as bad as you thought. It was, no, it was tragic. It was
1: tra- That performance was utterly tragic, and I just wanted to curl under a rock and Yeah, so I,
0: <laughs> I knew you were in a very low spot, you know, and that's when you said, I'm not going to play ukulele again. It's, I'm going back to guitar. I'm not going to do it, now. Uh, it just, And yeah. you've just been so down on everything. And then when you were in Hawaii, you were sending, you know messages what you're putting on Facebook and you're sending messages to me and Jazz saying oh very paragraphs long and thinking man he's enjoying this this is cool (laughs) and I could sense that it wasn't just a good workshop it was you know it was uh, it it pushed you yeah yeah no it was
1: great I mean for a start it was at a place called an Apilikai Beach Resort which is literally a resort on a beach on Maui nice Um, (laughs) and the, the place is utterly gorgeous so it was you know it was very hot when we were there, so. But apart from that, that was about the only downside. You know, you can get out of the beach you can get out of the bar, which is literally right next to the beach. But and there's gardens everywhere, flowers and everything. It was just magic setting for it. But on top of that, you had like some of the world's best slack key guitarists and ukulele instructors. So, like for slack key guitar, we had Cut Apana, we had Sunny Lim, we had Jeff Peterson, we had Kevin Brown, um, Paul Togioka, I hope I got that right, Paul. And then for ukulele, they had Herbota Jr., Brad Bordessa, James Hill, who else was there? Jason Jerome, who you've probably never heard of, but you should, because he's actually really cool. And probably a few others. I didn't do much Uke stuff, so I didn't. wasn't too involved in that. But just, like, you get there and they have the these big canna jam sessions, and all the instructors will come along and, you know, people can... Like, similar to everywhere you go, you have, have a big group session. Yep. But there's best part of 100-odd people in this one. Um, but people... Wait, 100? That's huge. Yeah, it's like uh, the, the circle was, like, two levels deep. It's
0: going to say, in a circle with 100 people, when you how do you, you see the other side of it?
1: <laughs> well, they also set up a big uh, speaker stack in the centre. Yep. So whoever's leading will have a microphone, and if the instrument's ah, got to yeah. pick up, they'll plug that in. Makes sense. Um, and all in, all the instructors are plugged in yep. as well. So, you know, people will sing a song and play a song and then they'll say, right, Uncle Ed, you take a, a solo. So he'll play a solo and then I'll play, sing a bit more and then somebody else will take a solo. It was way cool. Brutally difficult for us slack key guitarists. Um,
0: because they weren't doing slack key?
1: Well, well, like, you could have played slack key, but the problem was it's largely ukulele circles, so it's in keys that are not favourable to open G-tunings. Right, yeah. If you don't know what you're doing. yeah. The first day we got the first day of the sessions, we said right. We've picked two songs we're going to perform at the concert at the end of the of the workshop, and they're in the key of F. Now, when you tune to open G, the key of F is about as hard as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because
0: it's just below. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Now I could have tuned down, <laughs> but I, you know, was didn't want to be swapping tunings back and forth all the time because yeah, that's getting me out
0: of and you're always better tuned that way.
1: So most of my week, I. Sp- in my spare practice time I actually just spent practicing the chord shapes and going back and forth until I could do it comfortably so I didn't actually play a whole lot of slightly that workshop week it was kind of weird beautiful songs don't get me wrong I love the songs yeah uh, Poo Anahula and the other one I can't remember off the top of my head my nine year old daughter can because she learnt the hula for it so cool um, we'll get to, probably get to that in a bit yeah but anyway these, these two songs are the key of F um, because George Kohumoku who runs the workshop he has his guitar tuned to F, so he's playing, his favorite key is key of F. Fair enough. That's where he's comfortable. That's, <laughs> we're doing this. Everyone just goes, oh, great, okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of the, the slaky guitarists were like, oh,
0: Jesus,
1: how to do this. <laughs> I wasn't the only one, so that was great. See, the first night, we went to Canacapilla, Capilla, we were all excited, and I said, oh, it's this song in key of C. I was like, oh, Jesus, okay. And it's this song in the key of F. Like, oh. I don't think we played a single song in the key of G on the oh. first night.
0: What, we, what you just need is multiple guitars and or ukuleles all in a different yeah. tuning. But that's not, not an easy thing to do when you've actually flown there on a plane. No, no.
1: no. Luggage <laughs> was, like was bad enough with just the guitar. Well, I came home with ukuleles. So that made life a little easier. And we
0: will we will get to that, of course. Get
1: to that. Yeah. But So, yeah, the first, I just, like... I think the can of Capilla went for about an hour and a half. And after about an hour, I just went, you know what? I've had enough of this. Packed <laughs> up and went back to the hotel room. <laughs> I wasn't the only one. But yeah, the classes the next day. The first class I had was with a guy called Jeff Peterson. And he answered pretty much every question I'd gone to the workshop with without me even needing to ask them. Oh, wow. It was like, that this
0: means- is so cool. That means you're in the right place, doesn't yes. it? Yes.
1: <laughs> it was, you know, he said, oh, start with, you know, start with this. And then... Add the chord melody, or add the, play. figure out where the melody is, and then, you know, add the chords in behind. It's like, oh, that's how you do it. Because <laughs> I didn't even learn from tab. So yeah. it's already all worked out for you, so you just got to learn where to put your fingers and when to play them. Yeah. And you can play the tune. Whereas I'd wanted to break away from tab, and I didn't know how to do it, or,
0: you know, he said, I'd do this. Yeah, and as and you said like, last time, there's just no one in Canberra, probably even in Australia, who just knows how to teach you. Yeah,
1: that. so... It's- and I had a, a private lesson with Jeff. Well, that's the other really cool thing about the, the workshop is that every day some of the instructors set aside a couple of hours where you can sign up for a private lesson. Nice. So you go to their room and they always say, well, what do you want to do? So I had private lessons with uh, Jeff on the first day, with Led pun on the second day, and Sonny Lim, who most people probably have never heard of, but for three years he played in a band called the Makaha Sons of Nihau with Iz oh okay Iz was in, in the, the right? Sons, back in the late 70s yeah um, so Sonny was in that he played steel guitar from like 75 to 78 or something oh
0: cool and it's that's gone on, a pretty good bit of resume isn't it
1: yeah well he's gone on you know he's Grammy Award uh, Award nominee in his own right and he's, he's a really really lovely guy um, so I had a yeah, private lesson with him as well but yeah so I sat down with Jeff and in the private lesson, and he said, "Oh yeah, just you know, do it." And he, he made very complimentary noises about my playing, which was like, "Oh, that's a really good confidence booster." <laughs> yeah, he just said, "Start with uh, if you want to learn how to play a tune, just play the chords." I went, oh, that never actually occurred to me. Like how I'd play it if I was playing standard tuning, learn the chords, and then try and work out some fiddly bits. But he said, "No, just play the chords, and then." figure out where the melody goes and which chord position you have to play to get the melody and then add the back, the the, the harmony in behind it. Like, it.
0: makes so much sense when you put it like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what you think, I could have thought of that, but obviously, you know, yeah. he knows what he's doing, so yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, he can, you know, just, he just switches keys and all that stuff all the time. It's like, oh, it's so good to listen to, but it was great, it was really good. Just being there and listening to these guys play.
0: Oh, just, just soaking in. And at that many, you know, talented people around you, you kind of feel you must just be soaking it off themselves. Oh,
1: like the first night, literally the first night, we got, to, we got to the resort at, I think, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. And we'd been travelling for 27 or 28 hours or something at that point from the time we left Canberra.
0: Yeah, it's a long time, isn't it?
1: Um. So we, we got there about 5, and then at 7.30 that night, they had the first Key um, Masters concert. It's on every week at the Nabilikai. And that, that so the first hour they had, who was on stage? George Kahomoko, Led Kaopana, Jeff Peterson, Brad Bordessa, um, James Hill, and a guy called Sterling Seaton, who was one of the staff there as well. And they had this big you know, basically an hour-long jam. Somebody would play a song and the others would all take solos and stuff. And uh, so that was pretty cool. And then the second hour, they switched those out and then they had, there were four Uke players and two guitarists in the second. So there was Kevin Brown, Sonny Lim, Peter D'Aquino, Herb Oda Jr., Max Angel, and Jason Jerome. In, in So they basically did their their set and that was just as good. But just being there and seeing all these people I'd only ever watched on YouTube, yeah. And all of a sudden I'm there and, and they're playing live. It's like and
0: in the same place, <laughs> not just one of them, but yeah, a whole, all of them. a whole bunch. It's yeah. amazing.
1: So that was so that was way cool. And then yeah, the next day we got straight into classes. At, and the other cool thing is before we went, I we got a, a guy in Canada got in touch with me and said, oh, you know, we we worked out we had the same Slack key book, and he said, well, how about we um, learn this Slack key duet from the book? And I went, oh, okay, yeah, all right, I'll give it a go. So Martin and I got together several times during the workshop and actually practiced our duet. Just We originally did it just for the sake of doing it. But by the end of the workshop, we kind of got to the point where it was like, yeah, we can play this reasonably well together. So the second last night, they have an open mic night. And when people can get up and play something that they know, it doesn't have to be Hawaiian. But so Martin and I got up on stage and, uh, and played this duet together. And that was really cool. And it didn't suck. It didn't suck. <laughs> I didn't make the mistake. That was the cool bit. <laughs> Towards the end of it, there's a, a bass run that's um, kind of synchronized. So I, I play one section and Martin, I'll play another section. And so we, we, you're on a second pass through the piece. And we, we're going in. And I started this bass run and Martin started playing something else. And I kind of looked across at him and he went, huh? And mm-hmm. I went, well will play that. And then he looked at me and went, I stuffed it up, didn't I? I went, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay. And then we played the bass run <laughs> and <I'd> finished off.
0: <laughs> it's a safe place. You can. It was.
1: <laughs> and people made appreciative noises, so it was good. no nerves that was the really bizarre thing there was wow. probably 100 odd people in there and it just felt completely
0: is that because i guess you'd been there all week and you'd been hanging out with them and you felt it was a safe place i uh, don't know don't or know. you just felt confident just you knew felt, what you were doing I knew what i was doing that night yeah and oh that's really good it, it, it felt really good
1: and then the final night there was the the next week's like key master show so it was, again it was a similar kind of setup but for the last two songs of the concert they got all of the workshop music people up on stage with the with the professionals.
0: Oh, wow. It must have been a big stage.
1: No, we were crammed in pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a lot of the, the, the instructors were in six chairs at the front of the stage. Yeah. And then there was a row of ukulele players behind them and then a row of guitar players behind those and the ukulele players were off down the yeah. access ramp at one side <laughs> and they're off the other side as well.
0: But the ukulele players are everywhere. Oh, right? there is. There's
1: heaps. We were outnumbered about three to one, I think. As it should. Be. Um,
0: oh, I'm biased.
1: I'm allowed to say that. Yes, you. You, you are. <laughs> but it was, oh, it was, it was a great experience, you know. So I can honestly play, you know, say in have played on the same stages. <laughs> so it's wonderful. All people. those people,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and I've got video to prove.
0: Yeah.
1: So we did two songs as sort of the big band type of thing. And on the second song, the the hula class came up. So I think they had about a dozen hula dancers. And my nine-year-old daughter had learnt this hula dance with them. So she got up and performed. Wow, so good. With the big band as well.
0: And that was, it. yeah, after only, what, a week? A week? Yeah
1: and she loved it so like even though we spent another week on Oahu afterwards all week we'd catch her doing this hula <laughs> just quiet <laughs> just humming the tune and dancing it <laughs> So that was really, really cool experience,
0: and so good too that she did find that to do because otherwise it's just all about Jeff, you know, doing well, his no, sort of stuff. Actually, but but both... the
1: workshop has a culture track, so if you don't, if you have family members that aren't musically inclined, they have a culture track where you can do Hawaiian language and Hawaiian crafts and Hawaiian fishing and helping the kitchen, doing Hawaiian cooking and learn Such the hula. Such
0: a good idea.
1: So my wife and daughter did, we signed them up for the culture track. So my wife did craft all week. So she was in heaven. So she's doing copper cloth making and lahana weaving, which is like um, pandanus grass. And so she's got woven bracelets and earrings and baskets. And she was having a ball. You know, she just gets to do craft all week. (laughs) But yeah, re-did, yeah, she did the hula class. She'd go and help in the kitchen. And um, they did the fishing class. So, you know, learn how to weave, how to mend nets and then... Cast nets, and they even did fish printing one day.
0: Printing on a fish? <laughs> no,
1: they basically cover the fish in paint, oh, and wow. then press it under a piece of paper and print it.
0: Ah, oh, so you actually get like the fish scale?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's amazing. It
1: was like the most bizarre. Thing. You know, <laughs> here's, here's these real fish covered in bright red paint, <laughs> bright blue
0: paint. <laughs> you certainly want to wash that after. otherwise it would, would be a do. bit fishy. I don't know what <laughs> they did <do that> afterwards. <laughs>
1: Um, oh, that so that one? was... that was, And so we got right into it. So she was forever going off. And there was a, a little girl on the course who's a few months younger than she is, and the pair of them teamed up, and they were, you know, thick as thieves the whole time. Um, but this little girl, she goes to a Hawaiian immersion school on Maui. She plays ukulele better than I do. She can speak fluently in Hawaiian. That's like, oh, man.
0: That's <laughs> what happens when they start young. You know, yeah. they, they soak it up much faster. That's true.
1: <laughs> you know, when you've got... Really good ukulele instructors as well. You know, so she gets, you know, full-on solos and everything. I was like,
0: oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking ukulele too, so as we said before, before you went over there, you'd said, that's it, I'm not playing ukulele anymore, I'm just playing guitar. Um, I thought, yeah, fair enough, he's good at guitar, nothing wrong with that. And so um, then, so Jasmine and I, you know, you sent us a message saying that you're buying a ukulele, and we think, what? <laughs> he said he wasn't going to play ukulele, now he's buying a new ukulele. So yeah, how did in... that come about?
1: Yeah. Um, about a month, actually, just before my birthday, um, Daniel Ward released the sequel to Arpeggio Meditations for Ukulele, which is the melodic meditations for ukulele. And so I decided I'd get that. And But it's all high G. And ah. My high G uke, or my old high G uke, is just a crappy laminate, mahogany one. and It sounds okay, but it's not great. So I decided, ah, oh. oh, what the hell, I'll go and buy myself a decent high G ukulele <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad you, you haven't given away ukulele. I know it, wasn't,
1: I, it wasn't so much that I wanted to give it away completely as I didn't want it to be my focus. And in the run-up to Gang Gang Twang, it had been my focus, and I felt at odds with it.
0: You were yucked out.
1: I was fighting with it, and it was just, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm putting aside too much of the things I want to concentrate on to do this, and it didn't feel right. So I went, no, nah, not doing that. Let's get away with it. Put it away, with the guitars back out. <laughs> Hence the... In my room now, I've got three guitars, literally within
0: yes, arms' I,
1: reach of my. I can see it.
0: <laughs> Tell us about this um, ukulele, then. You, you did buy one.
1: I did buy one. Yes. Um, so after the the workshop finished up, uh, we left Maui and we flew back to Oahu and we stayed for six nights on Waikiki Beach, which was, it was cool, but not as nice as Maui.
0: And you could go to the Gold Coast and get almost the same thing. Pretty much. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's my Sorry first.
0: Wines, but it's true.
1: First thought driving through Waikiki on the bus on the way to hotels. My God, it's just like Surface Paradise. Yeah,
0: yeah. I got there and thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> Having said that, once you're there, I mean, once it, it, it definitely has a different feel. And and yeah, there were a lot of good things that were very Hawaiian. But that was that was my first impression. Just beach, giant buildings, could have gone on the Gold coast.
1: I do, I do suspect that Surface is the copy of Waikiki and not the other way around. Oh yeah,
0: I'm, I imagine but, so.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd been in touch with the guys from the ukulele site before I left. And they said, well, let us know what you want, and I'll we'll make sure I've got them in stock. So I would emailed it and teed up. So we arrived on Oahu on the Thursday night and Friday morning. I was waiting for the store to open. Now, the website said they were open at 10. They didn't open until 11. So I was kind of spinning these for an hour and a bit going, what do I do now? What do I do now? But yeah, I got there, and it's a little hole-in-the-wall store. Or the Honolulu store is a little hole-in-the-wall. Great range, though. Some... You know, from really cheap ones through to some scary, expensive ones. Way more expensive than yours.
0: Whoa. And mine wasn't cheap.
1: No, yours was not cheap. Your um, Koaloha was, yeah. you know. But they had one hanging on a wall in a in a case with a glass front on it.
0: Oh. <laughs> and I looked up and
1: it, and it had beautiful um, inset headstocks. And all very oh, scrimshawed and stuff. And I said, oh, I was a more better. And he said, no, it's some other brand. I didn't catch what it was. And then he gets it out of the case and hands it to me. And I was like, okay. So I played it, and it was beautiful, lovely to play. And you so see you could have that for the, the, the cheap price of $4,000. US Oh,
0: ow, ow. And I
1: went, yeah, ow. that's about six grand Australian. That's not happening. Yes. And quietly put it back in its place and closed the door.
0: <laughs> oh, you'd have to really like it, wouldn't you? It was
1: beautiful. Of course it was. It has um, to be. So it had three sound holes instead of one. And it was made out of solid coa, and it was it was gorgeous. But yeah, that four grand, not happening. <laughs> no. Not
0: so the one you did buy was considerably less, but it is a lovely ukulele.
1: It is. This is an Islander. It's a KST Cut 4. So it's a solid spruce top and koa back and sides, but laminate koa. Um, and I had them put worth clears on it. So it's a, it's a high G because I wanted...
0: Well, that was why you were buying it.
1: Yeah, because I've already got a low G um, Kala. Yeah, it's nice got a of little... It really belts it out. Yeah. Um, well, I tried four different ukuleles. Um, there was this one. Actually, not this one. There's was another one of this model. Um, and then two carlos and a cordoba. And the cordoba got ruled out really quickly. And the two carlos and, and this one, I sort of went back and forth and played them and played different things on it and eventually settled on this and went, no, nah, this is the one I like. And then... I was just about to say to the guy, I'll take this one. And then I looked down and saw it had a two-inch crack in the soundboard. Sound oh. <laughs> basically, just near the bridge, there was a... And I kind of pointed out, and the guy went, oh!
0: <laughs> that would not be a common thing to see, you'd think. No, not no. in that store
1: particularly. No. the ukulele side, of um, one of their things is every single uke they sell gets set up before it leaves the store. Yeah. Um, so he basically disappeared and came back with another one and said, try this. And so I said, yep, that one's good. So yeah, then he basically went, they've got a little cubby hole in the side of the shop. It's a little, all the tools set up and he took the strings off and he filed the frets down and made sure they're all level and put the new strings on and tensioned it all up and put the, the strap peg pins on and everything like that. So it was all ready to go. And then on the Sunday while we were in Honolulu, a guy from Tarapatch.net had been in touch with me and said, if you come into Honolulu, let me know and I'll organise a can of So I went, Okay. So we eventually figured out, yes, it's on, because he was working stupid hours in the couple of weeks leading up to it. And Duke has a lot of contacts, a lot of contacts in Hawaiian music. It's to the point where Led Apana Ka- was at the Canica and this guy's back out. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, it was so, Led's a really amazing, down-to-earth, humble guy. And he, you know, he's just he just has fun. You know, he's great to hang out with, his... Um, you know, he doesn't showboat, like, you know, he doesn't make people treat him as a big star. He's just hanging out with the rest of the gang and having a good laugh. And
0: it's very Hawaiian.
1: Oh, it is. <laughs> you know, he's a uh, amazing guy and and very generous with his talent and very generous with his time. And we'd gone to see him the night before. There was a big celebration. Well, not a big celebration, but uh, at the Waikiki beach walk, they've got a statue of Gabi Pahanui. And they basically every year they have this celebration in the middle of June which basically celebrates his life and his music so they actually had a concert in this little it's kind of like a, a wide spot in the road I guess Okay. The, <laughs> so literally there's traffic going past
0: Yeah.
1: and they set the sound stage up and then they had um, a concert for about three hours oh, that's a big concert um, so they were th- three four acts and Led was the, the headline because he, he said oh you know if you're in Waikiki next week come and see me OK, so we went. And uh, we were, you know, watching the axe down on the thing. And, uh, just before Led came on, he was sitting next to the sound desk tuning up his guitar. And we started to read, oh, there's, there's Uncle Led. Next thing, poof, she's taken off. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> saying hello to him. And it's like, oh, where's your parents? <laughs> oh, they're <laughs> So that was really cool. But yeah, I went to the, the Canada Capilla the next day and it was the same thing as playing from my head is people. I don't know the songs, don't know the chord progressions, quite often don't know the chord shapes in <laughs> Slack key. So it's like, yeah, you know what, guitar goes down, nuke comes out. Yep. <laughs> Just play you can and be happy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, Keep and, it make it easy. Make so it that was a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Um but I don't feel bad about doing that, even though it was there to play yeah. Slack Key.
0: No, look at you learned what you wanted to learn. That was the yeah. important thing and you had a great time. Oh I did. And I think you've actually got a bit of, you know, can't think of the word, but you seem to be musically rejuvenated.
1: That's exactly what happened. It definitely recharged the batteries. And so if I, c- I cannot recommend this workshop enough, it's not cheap, but for the money you pay, you get the, some of the best instructors in the world, literally.
0: Yeah. And look, to be honest, no music lessons are cheap. And if no. if you get all of that value out of it.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. even, but all the foods included in the workshop price. So they have a kitchen staff there and they cook everything. So you get three meals a day for a week.
0: Yeah, so it's a holiday too. It's not just, oh, yeah. not just music lessons. Yeah, and yeah, they'll give you a bit holiday. of free
1: time in the afternoons. You go to the beach and go to thing. and um, George Kahumoku has a farm that he runs. So he tried to get everybody to go up to the farm and have the, you know, the experience of what Hawaiian life, real Hawaiian culture is like. But we didn't do that mainly because they wanted everybody outside at 6 o'clock in the morning. And we just went, yeah, not happening.
0: So you're not a morning person?
1: No, and my wife is even less of a morning person uh, than I am. Okay. Um,
0: see, I, I would have been fine with that. Six o'clock, yeah, I'll, I will have been awake for two hours. No. Because <laughs> I'm a weirdo. I wake up early.
1: Nah, see, I'm, I'm much happier to stay up till midnight or every night. But, yeah, so we decided we'll, we'll go shopping instead. <laughs> so we did. Fair, fair.
0: We might finish with Sir Jeff. How has Hawaii changed your life? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Variations of a thing. Oh, that's, that's easy. Um, a, it's completely rejuvenated my musical batteries. I just came away so excited and so pumped and stuff like that. Bought a book when I was there. It's called, has the really creative title of Jason's Advanced Ukulele Book.
0: Well, it is what it says.
1: It is, um, but it is the single best book um, for ukulele I've ever got my hands on. Because not only does it talk about you know chord progressions and stuff like that, but then it goes into this is how you can solo, and these are the steps you go through, and this is the chord sh- or the shapes you got to remember, and then it goes into this is how you arrange a tune in chord melody. Nice. Um, it, you know, step by step, and this is you know, and I was like, why has nobody else ever written this down before? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Jason um, runs Lahaina Music, which is just down the road from where the workshop is, and apparently he he will. He runs classes all the time. So basically he took all of the course notes, all the notes from his various classes and put it into a book. And it is, yeah, so lots to dig into there, lots of slack here to dig into. Definitely recharge the batteries. Give me, I can see the path forward now, which is what I couldn't do before. Yeah. Which is oh. where I was so frustrated.
0: So good. I'm so glad that's happened. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have to put up with the wind. now, does no, not it? Yeah, true.
1: no, that's fair. <laughs> I did whinge a lot. It's more yeah, just venting right. frustrations. No,
0: I understand. You've got to have someone to vent it. And it's yeah. usually me, but that's fine. I don't uh, mind.
1: I'm sure you'll vent at me from time to time.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming back. That's okay. Um, we might have to make this an annual. Thing.
1: <laughs> Who knows what will happen next
0: year? <laughs> In last year's episode, Jeff played A.J. Leonard's Dragonfly. It's a tricky instrumental piece, and he played it pretty well, but he says he's improved since then, so I've put a more recent performance after the credits. Stick around. Ukulele is the New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune, and it was performed by me, Jasmine Fellows, Jeff Skellums, and Jim Croft. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. Details of the workshop and a whole lot of other things mentioned by Jeff are in the show notes. Episodes are released every second Monday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Want to support the show? I've recently started a Patreon where you can help me out financially. All patrons receive an exclusive Ukuleles and New Black Green decal for your ukulele case, and higher tiers you can get your name in the show notes of each episode, and you can even ask me to record a cover of the song of your choice. I recently recorded a cover of Nancy Sinatra's Bang Bang for my ukulele champion supporter, Linda Dodwell. If you want to hear it, just join up at any level to get access. If you can't help me out financially, that's fine. You can write a review on Apple Podcasts um, or just a rating and tell your friends about the podcast. I'll be back in two weeks with a regular episode featuring one of my favourite ukulele players. Because it's the new black.